Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed services, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, and today I'm speaking with our expert, Carol Willett, Director of Northern Border Operations at Buckland. Carol holds her Certified Custom Specialist designation in Canada and the United States and is also a licensed customs broker. Carol is an expert in the field and has 25 years of experience in the logistics industry, and 19 of those have been with Buckland. Today, Carol is going to explain the basics with a U.S. Customs 101 overview to help us understand the process of importing into the United States. Welcome to the podcast, Carol. Let's do it. To give our listeners an overview of what we will be discussing on the podcast today, we'll be covering key players in importing into the USA, e-manifest, PAPS numbers, U.S. documentation requirements, and reporting discrepancies. Does that kind of cover off what we'll be covering today, Carol? Yes. Excellent. Thanks so much. So let's get started. Um, I mentioned key players in importing into the USA. Um, can you tell us kind of who the key players are with importing into the USA? Sure. Well, first talk about the responsibilities of Customs and Border Protection, also known as CBP. CBP, okay. Uh, customs assesses and collects customs duties, fees, and actually any penalties that are due on imported goods. Um, they have the right to deny, search, seize, or request any additional information of all goods imported into the U.S. Additionally, they also maintain importer profiles. Um, this will impact the importer's ability to participate in certain customs initiatives that are designed really to speed up the import process. Great. Okay. So um, I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit more about the exporter and the importer. Sure. Uh, two more parties that are involved in the import transaction are the exporter. The exporter is primarily the person that arranges the transportation of goods. Uh, they generally supply the carrier with a customs documentation uh, that's required really to ship into the U.S. Okay. Uh, the exporter can act as the importer, uh, but they must comply with the same rules and regulations. Um, they produce documents and they're given to the carrier who presents them to the customs broker, uh, selected really by the importer of record. The importer is a little different. They're the party responsible for the goods. Um, And what I mean by that is they must uh, pay any applicable duties to U.S. Customs or CBP. They're ultimately responsible for the accuracy of the information that's presented to customs, and they're also responsible to maintain records. the importer record has the obligation towards the U.S. government and really must comply with the rules and regulations that are set by CBP, regardless of where they reside, whether it be in U.S. or Canada. Great. Okay, so what about, um, I've heard the term e-manifest. Would you be able to explain what the e-manifest is? Sure. Uh, the e-manifest, really with the implementation of ACE, it really transformed the way that goods are accounted for, both on the carrier side and also on the customs brokerage side. 
So where it begins, the manifest is really a declaration of what is being transported. So carriers are responsible to manifest the information electronically. Um, they can either set up an ACE account online or they can use a company such as Buckland to create the manifest for their shipment. Um, really what this does is it gives customs an idea of what's hitting the border before the freight actually arrives. But it goes even beyond that. It takes the information that's manifested and it cross compares it with the entry that a customs broker creates and, and hits certain triggers such as manifest quantity, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and weights uh, and so forth and, and uses that as a comparison um, for the transaction. Great, thank you. Okay, so we mentioned a little bit earlier on the um, PAPS number. So I'm wondering about the carrier PAPS number, if you could give some clarification uh, what that refers to. Sure. The PAPS number is really the unique identifier that ties the manifest to the entry. It's like a special uh, formulated pro bill barcode that's attached to the documentation, but really it is that electronic match between the manifest and the customs entry that customs use for comparison purposes. Great. Buckland has a cargo tracker on our website for easy access to allow our carriers to check their loads prior to crossing into the United States. And I welcome our listeners to check out our website at buckland.com uh, and you'll see that feature there that you can uh, take a look at. Um, of course, unless you have a PAPS number, um, you won't be able to enter it uh, to track your shipment, but uh, all of our customers have a number that they can track their shipment, see the status, see if it's cleared, uh, where it's at. So that's a great feature that our Buckland customers have. The next thing that we're gonna be talking about is common information and documentation requirements for imports into the US. So what are the things that um, are required? Um, customs requires a, a US customs invoice in English, an affidavit of US manufacture at times, a repair and alteration declaration or form, a packing list, and a NAFTA. Okay, so are all of those required with every shipment or different situations? It, it depends on what you import. When we get into the following slides, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about each of these points. Awesome. So the pro forma invoice is where we'll start. Really, the pro forma invoice tells a story. It tells where the shipment's coming from, where it's going to, what is actually being imported, where it was made, um, what the value of the imported goods are. So it it's generally provides very custom-specific information. Um, the vast majority of the shipments are accounted for really using the Performa invoice. It's what we use to create our customs entry. Great. The affidavit of manufacture was another term that I heard. So the affidavit of manufacture really comes into play uh, when U.S. goods are returning to the U.S., so what Customs wants to see is the, that the goods are returning without having been advanced in value and or improved in condition. And as long as we can prove that the goods were actually made in the USA by providing an affidavit of manufacture, Customs will allow those goods to come back um, duty-free. Mm -hmm. As long as we can indicate within that form as well that uh, duty drawback was claimed or whether it was not. Excellent. Uh, repair and alteration form. 
So another provision that Customs has is if you have goods that left the U.S. but came into Canada or a NAFTA country for further processing, that it can return back to the United States duty-free. So it's a really great provision that Customs allows. Um, what they want to see is the original content, which is your U.S., and then they want to see the added value in Canada. And by filling out this repair alter alteration declaration, um, it allows for duty-free return for goods that have been altered and or repaired. Great. So if there are discrepancies, how do people go about reporting them? Um, really, as soon as you're aware of a discrepancy, you need to advise your customs broker so that we can in turn report that to customs. It's one of your responsibilities as an importer of record. And this is kind of where we get back into that party discussion. In the very beginning, we were talking about the exporter and we we're talking about the importer. Uh, most of the time, the exporter is the one who completes the performant invoice. But remember, it's ultimately the importer of record's responsibility to report those discrepancies to customs. It could have to do with price. It could have to do with quantity. And those need to be rectified as soon as you become aware. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's been a, a really great overview, and it's certainly helped me understand the topic a little bit more. So thank you so much for taking the time to explain that to us today, Carol. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Um, as I mentioned, Carol is our uh, Director of Northern Border Operations here at Buckland, and thank you so much. Thanks, Jenny. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you're looking for resources related to international trade, visit the Buckland website at buckland.com and check out the Learning Guides section for downloadable resources ranging from IncoTerms reference charts, tips for avoiding border delays, things to keep in mind when choosing a broker, and more. Please feel free to reach out to us by visiting the Contact Us page at buckland.com for more information or to receive a quote today. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast and be sure to subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.